hello, welcome to episode 18 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things that we think could, you know, just contribute to you and your one and only life. And um, my name is Sarah, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. We're co-host. You realize yeah, that? That's, that's kind of a, that's a neat, that's yeah. a neat little title. Never had that one before in my life. Co-host. We should. Yeah. Little One Life logos. Absolutely. We can make that happen. Um, and we have some special guests today. We're pretty excited. We're doing um, a, a a video call uh, for our podcast this week with a group that we've been talking about um, here at One Life for man a few almost a few months now about an event that's going to be happening um, at the Henderson campus of One Life Church um, on January 26th, and the group is called Worship and the Word. And so today we have Dave, Tara, and Sarah, and we just want to say welcome to you guys first of all. Hello. Thanks so much for having Thank us. You. Yeah. And so we've been talking about this event. We've been talking about um, kind of just the day and what people can experience. But first of all, we just want to get to know you guys. I mean, before we kind of get into conversations about what people can expect for the event and kind of how your organization got started and, and what you guys get to do every day. Um, just tell us a little bit about you guys. Well, for, uh, and, and, and let me interrupt. Just yeah. one. I, I, this is a dumb thing to ask, but I know we're doing the distance thing and we're doing this via computer. But where are you at right now? I should question. know that, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're currently in Denver, Colorado. Mm. Okay, so we're doing this from Denver, Colorado. That's right. That's very impressive. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Now answer her question. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, good. <laughs> but. Yeah, my name is Dave Powers. My wife, Tara, is with me. Hi. We're together. We like each other. Uh-huh. We, do. <laughs> oh, we actually just celebrated 15 years of being married. Oh, All right. Wow. Congratulations. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. I've actually thoroughly enjoyed being married. <laughs> I've loved that very much. Uh, we have two sons, a fourteen-year-old uh, and six-year-old today, actually. Yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two guys. They're just awesome guys. The fourteen-year-old is Hunter. Five, uh, six-year-old is Kai. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've been doing worship in the Word movement uh, for I guess since two thousand six. We've been missionaries for. Yeah, about 13 years and have thoroughly enjoyed that as well. That's like a little snapshot about us. And then this is Sarah Walsh. She can fill you in on her stuff. I'm Sarah Walsh and my husband, Tom, couldn't be with us. Uh, He's part of Worship in the Word too. And uh, we are, well, we've been with you guys for five years Mm -hmm. this fall. We came from Florida. My husband was a youth pastor down there for about 10 years. And then we moved out here to work specifically with Worship in the Word uh, both of us have, both couples have a real heart for reaching, you know, out into the community and living into place and then also um, pouring into marriages specifically. Um, all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. we're up to, mm-hmm. but we sure love the word and sharing the word and ministering with people too. Yeah, it is all kinds of stuff because uh, as we were kind of processing this before we hit the record button on this, uh, we heard a bunch of, I didn't hear the the pouring into marriages thing. That was, this is another layer. So it's several layers. It's more than just a, uh, yeah, really just more, more than just a group traveling around playing music. There's a lot going on. We'll kind of explore that. <laughs> yeah, interestingly, Worship in the Word movement is kind of our nonprofit stuff that we've been doing for a long time. And um, about three years ago, Tara and I started a band, which is called Mountain City. And so we just travel around, we tour. I think we played 112 shows last year or something. Um, we did five tours in 26 states. It was a blast. And uh, Tom and Sarah are our road managers. And so we did all that traveling together, which is incredible. And all our kids, we have wow. one and one who's not with us too. They're all about the same age, yeah. 13 and up. 
And I think the response would be some people would think, man, that sounds amazing and great and wonderful. I want to, you're living my dream life. And other people would go, wow, that, that sounds uh, terrible. You know, just, just, you know, be with the kids and kind of traveling around the country all the time. So I'm glad you enjoy it. That's, that's awesome. That's wonderful. There were ups and downs for sure. Okay. Uh, That's right. So. And mostly just a ton of upsides. It was really great. So, you know, we do that and we have a, a huge heart for uh, writing love songs specifically for relationships and marriages. And Tom and Sarah have just started a organization called Soul Care. Soul Sorry, Space. Soul Space. Okay. Yeah, that's how Soul it is. Soul Space. Okay. That's how new it is. Yeah, we don't remember the name. Yep. Yeah. And so um, they just beautifully minister to marriages. And so we frequently will couple those two things together with Mountain City and Soul Space. And, um, do single day marriage events for different people or churches or organizations. So it's, it's a really fun thing to dream into life with friends. Before we move on, I think you guys should know that we are extreme entrepreneurs. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I appreciate the heads up on that. I hadn't put that together yet. Uh, uh, I'd say that's good. Okay. So how many, so is worship of the word, the sort of the umbrella organization for all those things? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's the, that's almost a 501c3 kind of writing on the top. And then you've got the different, uh, at least for some of them. And then there's some other, you know, independent LLCs and stuff like that. But I'd say that's been the funnest thing for us to do is just hang out together, spend time with Jesus in prayer, dream together, and then kind of stumble forward as we try to follow Jesus in what he's directing us to do. It's fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, it it absolutely sounds fun. I'm in the camp where that does sound fun, uh, but I can sympathize with people that, uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, people would be interested to know kind of how how you guys kind of came about. How did this get started? Like what was the the vision kind of to where you are now? Um, when we started in 2006, we were actually working at a church in North Denver, loved it, beautiful people, beautiful community. And one night we were just spending time with Jesus and prayer and, uh, started feeling a nudge to step away from the church and start a nonprofit, which isn't something that we'd ever done before. So we were definitely on, I've, I've heard some people say that there's the cutting edge, which is like the cool looking stuff. <laughs> for your, you know, got all your stuff together. But I think there's an edge beyond that called the tripping edge. And uh, it looks like arms <laughs> flying everywhere. Okay. Yeah, that's a, you ought to coin that because a lot of us have been there. Yeah, I know that place. I've actually borrowed that from my friend Ken Yonke, who is, is just brilliant. But, um, but I feel like a lot of our journey has been on the tripping edge. And so when we started out worshiping the word, um, it was just to travel and speak and lead worship at churches and conferences and different things like that. Really go and love on churches specifically. Mm -hmm. Go love on the leadership, love on the staff, love on the people. Mm -hmm. Um, Come alongside the churches. That's Mm -hmm. really uh, one of our biggest visions right there. And that's how we met. Mm -hmm. They flew down to Florida. We were hosting marriage retreats for youth pastors and their wives. We need a safe place. They hardly ever get away. Right to really be vulnerable and open up, you know, with their congregants and things like that. So these guys were leading worship and some other things alongside us. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, I guess somewhere in the middle of that, I was hanging out with Jesus at a cabin in the Rocky Mountains. And I uh, had three days of kind of fasting and praying and discovered that one of the reasons that I'm alive on planet Earth is to help people identify and pursue their dreams. 
And so I came back and uh, Tara and I talked and prayed through that. And we started just asking God, whose dreams would you like us to champion? And um, we got into all kinds of tripping edge territory after that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost that by definition, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. Bloody noses. for um, yeah. Um. Right. yeah. It was, it was fun. So one of our friends wanted to do a music festival. He wanted to start his first one with 70 bands and seven stages in one day. 70? Oh, my gosh. In the first one? Yeah. And our first one. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, good for him. It's- yeah. And yeah. We, he had never done that before. We never had either. And so as we started to prepare for this, we realized that Denver statistically is maybe the third least church city in America. And so the draw for a Christian music festival wasn't going to be that big. So we planned for maybe three or 4,000 people to show up and um, about 12,500 people showed up and we sold all of of our our food and water in like two hours. We were (laughs) (laughs) and I started running to Costco buying two pallets of water. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and so that thing progressed and developed, and um, and then there was other friends that God led us to along the way that, um, like a professional skateboarder friend of ours, uh, had a heart to have an indoor location and take skaters on mission trips and skate church, start a skate church and different things like that. So we worked with him for four years and and helped him launch that and got him a, a location and all the stuff that was that he had dreamed about in his heart. And so. Um, we have dabbled in 24-7 worship and prayer, the idea that just being hospitable to God every minute of every day in a variety of different ways. And Tara and I actually oversaw um, an organization called 24-7 Prayer USA. Uh, it's part of a larger movement called 24-7 Prayer International that is uh, rooted in England. Um, but they've been, I think they're in 125 different countries and have been worshiping and praying every minute of every day since September of 1999. So beautiful uh, ecumenical group of people and really wanting to serve churches by helping them find what it means to to discover a culture of prayer, a meaningful rhythm of prayer, and uh, just to help people connect with Jesus more. And so we've done that and many other things, but at the risk of being too long-winded, I'll stop there. <laughs> but but uh, well, I got a kick out of it. We've done that and many other things. <laughs> like, like in some people's lists, there that was many things. So there's many others. So I'd love to explore that. But I think one of the things that's really neat for people to hear, it always is for me anyway, is to know that kind of thing is going on. Uh, because if you just get your news from your push notifications on your phone or something like that, you're not hearing about what God is doing around the world. And you hear things like that, like the 24-7 prayer movement or the festivals or any number of the skateboard thing. Uh, we need to be reminded that God is working everywhere in all kinds of ways we don't get uh, told about uh, on the news. So, And I know uh, Sarah's got some other questions for you, but I, uh, that's, that's really enriching uh, for yeah. me and helpful. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and kind of getting people, um, I don't know, yeah, just giving more of that, like, what, what is it that what people would expect in an event like we're going to be hosting here at One Life, but just in general, like, you guys have told us a few stories about some of the things that you get to do and some people you've been able to interact with. Can you share some of that information? Yeah. Um, let's see. Like, 
I'd say the people that we've been able to interact with has been really beautifully diverse. Um, pretty much every denomination, um, every culture, every de- uh, generation of people. Um, we've been there and done that over the last 13 years of being missionaries. It's been kind of an interesting thing because instead of developing like a marketing strategy for um, filling up our schedule each year, right at the beginning, God instructed us just to pray and ask him to have people call us. <laughs> and I thought that was Sorry, insane. What? That's insane. Yeah. yeah. You can't just <laughs> I thought that was crazy, but he said, so here's an interesting thing, Dave, uh, this God and I have conversations. That's theoretically what prayer is about is a two way conversation. And so, um, just speaking to my heart, uh, said, you know, I know everybody in the world. And if you want to be a part of what I am doing on planet earth, then surrender your marketing strategy to me and I'll have people call you. It's easy for me to put you on somebody's radar screen. The question is, do you want to be a part of what I'm doing? Or do you want to beg me to be a part of what you're doing? And that was a profound thing to hear in prayer. And so for the last 13 years, I think the reason that we've had the privilege of being in virtually every denomination and culture and background and stuff is that we did surrender that to God and just as in the case of one life um people have called us for 13 years and and i think we've set up two events and they, were both and they both sucked yeah <laughs> nice nice footnote there uh, okay by the way they were terrible okay <laughs> it's, it's, it's how part of how we met tom and sarah even i mean sarah alluded to it earlier it's just god opening doors you know you you hear that phrase it's all in who you know like famous people or people getting their name out there. And it, it really is. And we know the God who created heaven and earth and he opens doors that we cannot even fathom Mm -hmm. that would open. And that has been our life. I mean, worshiping the word from its birth to now, God has been opening doors. Like really, truly, this isn't just something we say. It's a testimony. It's our life. Mm -hmm. It's our livelihood. It's how we live. And so it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We're very humbled by that. Not sure if that answers your question, Sarah. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I'm just trying to give people a, another picture of well, just who you guys are. But um, obviously, like as you're talking about this, I would say that each event you do is probably a little bit different. Is that probably true? Like, there's not you don't have like a a set thing you do each time. I think that's really accurate. Our goal is is just to hang out with Jesus and pray and try to listen well to the people that we're coming alongside and see what God's doing in their community and then see how we can come alongside of it and, and be a, like a beautiful blessing to what he's already doing. So you're right there. It is pretty different every time. And it's been a really a beautiful pleasure and a journey to pray about this event we're doing with one life because same, same MO. I mean, we've, we've been praying and, feeling different emphases from God that he wants to highlight. And it's been, it's been such a cool journey just to craft something that hopefully comes alongside what God's doing in your community really well. Yeah. 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 And I think for that reason, it's good to to stress to people that from one life, especially as we're 
part of this is conversation. Part of it is honestly promotion of we're hoping people will come on that day. But the, the genesis of it is uh, Mark Weaver is one of our elders and Ben Stewart, who has preached at our church, and he's the uh, executive director over uh, over Uncharted. Uh, he was the original connection, right? He was a friend of you guys. And uh, and you came in before and did something for him and also sat in at, at One Life Henderson. And Mark just Mark's passion is really to... Uh, build into people and he, he feels like his role as a leader at One Life is to help everybody get as healthy as they can be and encourage their hearts and get them in touch with the Lord, which in effect, that's what all of us are trying to do, but it's kind of his special uh, ability to be like this, um, he may not like me for saying this, but father <laughs> and or grandfather figure for a fairly young congregation and, and that person that's just kind of there as a, as a true shepherd. And he wanted this group to come in and just provide a context and a day and an experience where you can get in touch with Jesus on a deeper level. That's really what it comes down to. And and even what you said a while ago was that heart for churches. Um, I don't mind saying it. Our staff is going to be invited to a Friday night thing that Mark wanted to happen uh, where the staff and their spouses will be able, because as we're putting on services and doing different ministry things, that's the hard part. When you, when, when you're on staff and you go to church, you're going to a thing that's filled with thing, distractions and right. pressures and, you know, misspelled things on the screen that you worry about and all those things that, that happen and you feel that pressure and they don't often get to go into a worship context where they don't have responsibilities and things like that. So we're going to be doing that as a refresher. And I think for me right now, it's as much as anything, it's an invitation to all of us to come and be refreshed in the spirit is, you know, to choose new Testament language is to refresh everybody's spirits. And, and you guys have a heart for that. So I think that's what's going to come out. So I think one of her questions, and if, if I if I miss this, no, uh, is like what what could people expect as they walk in and they they show up? At, it's we've got it from eight to so it's eight in the morning, which is kind of early for many. But they show up at eight and they're going to be there till noon. What's the kinds of things without giving away too much they can expect? Um, I'll start, and then these uh, ladies can chip in. Um, one of the words that comes up to us while we're praying is alignment. And it kind of fits with the beginning of a year that you take into consideration the past, um, your wins, your losses, and celebrate those. You engage in grieving of the losses, and there's a beautiful biblical rhythm for that. There's a rhythm of thankfulness and kind of tying up and celebrating what God did. Um, there's the idea of all of this stuff kind of being encapsulated in the idea of developing a deeper friendship with Jesus. And, um, and so I would say the overarching idea is we want to create space for people to deepen their friendship with Jesus. Um, we want to help them like kind of escort them through um, and invite them into thankfulness and, um, and grieving your losses and then, remembering and mm -hmm. almost the concept of setting up altars as part of remembering because one life is journeying right. it's lots of individuals and families journeying together and so as we set up these altars of remembering it helps as people pass by these places or one another it's like oh we set this before the lord yeah. here's what he did with us here's who he is mm -hmm. we get to remember who he is how he comes through for us and that he's on the journey with us. That's a big part of it and bringing you back into alignment. Yeah. Times of worship mm -hmm. and just soaking in the word is a big part of that. 
they'll be teaching and Ben and Kathy Stewart will be a part of that and oh, cool. um, as well too mm -hmm. because they have a real heart for one life and they are our initial contact and friends and have been with us for different events so they kind of know how we operate mm -hmm. we really could go all day mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. we, we really could we don't know if anybody else would have well, I was going to say yeah, you're free to uh, if, and if people stay great <laughs> But we, you know, we're trying to help people to want to come eight to noon feels like, a, okay, a I good. can maybe do that. Yeah. So, well, we actually, we, we've had success with that time block we're not just kind of burdening you with that. We've got, we've had some other things we've done. And then for, especially in the winter time, it's a good, you know, it's cold outside and, and we've had people come in and attend things pretty phenomenally uh, during that time block. So I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic about now, if you go all day, I'm, I don't know. I mean, that may, <laughs> you just keep going. And if people stay great, you have more power to you. You can go as long as you, you know that word alignment that Dave brought up is um, kind of funny because physically our bodies get out of alignment. And so we'll go to the chiropractor to kind of get back into alignment. And I, I, I tell everybody we're kind of soul and spirit aligners. So you're going <laughs> to, that day and you're going to get kind of a, a massage and kind of get realigned spiritually realigned um with jesus maybe in your friendship or relationship with him and with others that are around you and so that's kind of i think we could sell the word massage i, I yeah. think that was <laughs> i'll be weird for some but if we say you're going to get a spiritual massage i don't know how, uh, I, don't know how I feel about that but then again it might be like hey i'm there i'm people would uh, down that that's right that's right pay money to come in <laughs> I will say that, um, you know, in Psalm 126, it says um, that when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. And the idea there, or one of the ideas hidden in there, is that when God brings you out of captivity, when he brings you into alignment with his heart, his will, his word for you in your life, that a natural byproduct of that is you get to dream again. Yeah. It's really difficult to when you're in captivity. Yeah. And so these types of gatherings are a, a beautiful opportunity and an invitation to align with God's heart, his love, his word. And in doing so, a natural byproduct of that freedom will be dreaming. Yeah. So we're going to be hitting on some of those things. Yeah. yeah. So that would be, because that was kind of a question I, I was thinking about as you guys were talking Um what is it that you're hoping people kind of walk away with, or at least have this mindset? Maybe that's one of those things you would say. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And yeah. I hope that they'll emerge with a, a deeper uh, friendship and maybe even a greater desire to pursue a genuine friendship with Jesus, maybe more than they do normally, you know, right. that there's a little bit of a fire in their soul toward yeah. that. end. There's time for reflection or time for grieving. If, if spirit just stirs up some stuff within people, we'll be available to minister. And so they can start this year grounded with Jesus and moving forward because we just get busy. We have a lot on our shoulders. People are kind of out there swimming alone, or at least they feel that. And so if we can just get reminded 
God's call on them and they can dream into that with him. You know, know, we kind of joke about the all day thing, but even, and we did one of the most, uh, speaking of memories and building altars around certain occasions a few years back, we did a thing called the Full Life Conference, which is something we did in and of ourselves as a church. And we we partnered with Alpha on it, but um, we just did, and we did this time block and many people remember it as one of the most special moments we've ever had. Some people point back to it and go, that's the day my life changed because God met with people in a special way. And one of the reasons that was able to happen was that time block. It's kind of like you came in, you're not in an enormous hurry uh, to get out. You can settle in. And I, I guess I want to paint that picture for people that the eight to noon is still a pretty good amount of time just for get relaxed, you know, chill out, get, you know, wor- get your worries, you know, kind of leave them out in the parking lot kind of stuff and settle in. And it'll have that same kind of effect that we saw. Cause that was one of the main reasons uh, people were able to be ministered to so profoundly when we did that was because, you know, no one was in a hurry <laughs> to get out and like church on Sundays, which, you know, uh, that's, that's our world. Let's just admit it. We try to cram as much as we can in. It's okay. Let's, let's just be honest here. And for us, it's exciting to get all of our, we have three campuses and get all of our campuses in one location for a time like this. I mean, to yeah. a specialized time, like what you just said, but doing that as, as one church, cause we always say we're one church in three locations, but we get to be one church in one location for something like this. That's going to be, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go right now. You're ready? All yeah, right, good. Go right and then, hey, and if Sarah's ready, yeah. we're ready. That's just, you know, she's a representative <laughs> sample there. That's it's, yeah. so, that's the way it goes. That's awesome. Um, I, I did have another question that kind of came up um, before we kind of close out because um, um, we try to keep about 30 minutes for our podcast, but we usually like to go about 40, but that's, right. we don't tell people that. Um, but we, what we, we're kind of in a series called Build. We're well, not kind. We are in a series called Build, and, and the whole tagline is changing the storyline of your city. And you, you've talked multiple times kind of about communities you've been a part of, places you've been. You even mentioned earlier that um, Denver was a location that was an unchurched location. You guys had this this idea to kind of change that storyline through a music concert. What are some of the places or just experiences you guys have had I don't know, just being a part of, of shifting or seeing, um, I don't know, store, communities and cities shift from some of these events or even just churches you've been connected to or ministries you've been connected to? Mm. Great question. Uh, yeah, great question. Um, in about 2012, we were processing our uh, involvement with the music festival that we had started. And I was talking to a, a friend of ours, John Peterson, about this very topic, how mm-hmm. What examples have we seen of actual city transformation? And John is an interesting guy because he's been involved alive in the flesh in several of these different city transformation types of, um, I wouldn't even say events, but maybe processes. Um, It seems more like if you are going to thoroughly, or maybe let me rephrase that, if the spirit of God is going to thoroughly transform a city, that involves quite a process as opposed to an individual event. Outside of some of the radical examples we have, like in Jonah's day, um, where he rolled into Nineveh and, you know, God's spirit just did all kinds of outrageous things. We've seen, you know, several examples of that throughout scripture and throughout church history. But um, he told me a phenomenal story about a friend of his, and he was there in Argentina that... Um, had just taken a different approach approach to city transformation than he had seen. And his approach was, instead of calling together leaders and business owners and, and um, people of influence toward a planning of an event for the city, 
he, he gathered together some key leaders and friends and said, it seems like we've done a lot of these events before. And in terms of long-term systemic transformation, we haven't seen what we've dreamed about coming mm -hmm. true. And one thing we haven't tried is to develop genuine friendship with each other. Because what if this was true? What if the kingdom of God moves and functions best in the context of friendship? as opposed to the alignment of a specific event or project? And what if in the context of friendships, things are more sustainable long-term? Mm -hmm. So he invited them all into friendship. He said, let me ask you guys a question. I mean, do you know each other's spouses' names? Have you ever spent time at each other's homes? Have you ever cooked a barbecue? Or do you ever call or know any of the details outside of the church or business context that you're in? And everybody kind of opened their eyes wide and thought, no, I don't think we do have that type of environment. So his invitation to them was the idea that as they developed friendships and as they prayed that God would reveal his heart and will and plan for them and their city through the friendships. So they did that. They met for several months and just shared stories and uh, prayed together. And at some point in that process, Somebody spoke up after a prayer time and said, you know, I saw the weirdest thing while we were praying. It was a picture of a bunch of us standing at the entrances and exits of our city. And we were praying over everybody that went in or came out of our city for seven days. Well, somebody else popped up and said, that's crazy because during this prayer time, I just saw a bunch of us roaming through every street and alley of our city. And we were praying for every person in our city to know Jesus. And another person stood up and said, well, this is getting weirder because I saw a bunch of us at every historic monument throughout our city. And we were just praying and saying, God, if there's anything weird that happened when this monument or this story went down, we want to invite you into the roots of our city and ask you to redeem that and bring it into the light. Another person said, well, that is super weird because I saw us going to people of influence in our city and just asking whether they were believers in Jesus or not. We were asking if we could just bless them and their business or, or the work of their hands. And we were doing that for seven days. So there's this real buzz in the meeting when that happened. Right. And one of the ideas was, what if we just on the eighth day celebrate whatever God does for, through these seven days? And so that was their plan. Throughout the process, as the planning and details started coming together, one of the leading news uh, radio stations in the city got wind of it and said, why don't you just use our radio station as kind of an information hub? You can call into the radio station. We'll report the news of what is happening throughout the seven days. Well, they, would, they started this event and people started calling in. They'd say, we're on the north side of the city. We just saw 50 people give their lives to Jesus. We're baptizing them all in a pool. And we prayed for this one guy and he, he was healed by God. And uh, this was going out over the, the airwaves and the radio station. So as momentum mounted throughout those seven days, um, there was a, on the seventh day, there was this kind of unforecasted weather phenomenon that happened. Um, it wasn't on any of the forecasts, but it showed up. And my friend John's, uh, or uh, my John, dadgummit, I can't talk. My friend, <laughs> uh, his friend got on the radio to the chagrin of all the other leaders that were involved. And he told 
everybody, Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and they obeyed his voice. He said we could do the same stuff. So I'm going to tell this thing to go and everybody's going to watch it go. Because it was like threatening to rain out their big celebration on the eighth day. He did. And in front of the entire city, I think at the time population was about 180,000 in that city. Um, the weather phenomenon left. It evaporated in front of everybody's eyes. The next day they thought about 10,000 people were going to celebrate and 60,000 people showed up. Oh. Many of them, thousands, giving their lives to Jesus, baptizing them all day long. That started a systemic transformation of the city. So anyway, John was telling me this story, and I said, let me ask you a quick question. How, how long ago was that? At the time, he said it was 15 years ago. I said, all right, are those people still friends with each other and with Jesus? He shook his head, yes, and he said, you would not believe the type of friends they are. They champion each other, love each other, bless each other like crazy. It has fundamentally changed the fabric of their city. And so I was so inspired by that story. Again, sorry for the long-winded story, but I was so inspired by that, by the idea that the kingdom of God functions beautifully within the context of friendship. And I think whether it's these one-time events where we partner together and we plant seeds in an environment and, you know, you guys are sitting there in, in all three locations and in your cities, <clears throat> nurturing them and watering and, and uh, you know, helping them grow and all of that stuff. Um, our role in that might be to come in and help plant seeds and partner with you. But whether it's something like that or whether it's something deeper that develops like a friendship, which is what we hope with you, um, those are, that is an example of some of the stuff that our heart cries out for and something that we feel very passionate about hope that actually things like that happen while we're with you. Yeah. And those are the things that partnered why Worshiping the Word has started businesses and we're able to send missionaries out. We're able to support them, mentor them toward their dreams and their own businesses and individual anointings, but also reaching the city. I mean, Denver still is quite a city to reach for Jesus. So it's really been beautiful championing friendship because as people come to One Life, our hope would be as they develop and just get to sit with Jesus and see how much of a friend and how much he adores them, that they would actually go out at noon um, feeling that friendship, of course, and cultivating that with him, but then also with each other, because that's where, that's the incubator for dreams and for running together and heading toward what you all are stewarding and shepherding and have been praying for, because you love your people and you love your communities. Wow. Well, that's terrific. I mean, the amazing, it's awesome way to kind of yeah, even talking about how people are walking out, probably a good way for us to kind of close out. Um, introducing you guys and being able to talk about this event, and we're very excited to to be able to host it, but ultimately just to meet you guys. And, um, man, I, I think that's great. I think Brett and I would agree that we hope for that for people too, that they'd be friends with not only each other, but people in our community. So. Yeah, and I love that that sense of starting there and then moving outward into the transformation right. of a city because that's it actually, actually what happens because that's our, our whole theme is going to be in the end building a great city is just loving your neighbor on kind of a larger scale. It's, it's just in, in every way. And then as you see that go out, you'll see your, your city transformed. And that's what we're, um, we're praying for. And we are already seeing it. And, and, uh, I think this is just,
just going to be another push on that and the deepening of it. And so hopefully people will all relate those things together. But I'm, I'm really hoping that individual hearts will get refreshed and then friendships are made and then um, transformation and impact will happen throughout the city. So it looks like uh, it looks like it's going to happen. I don't know why it wouldn't. So we're going to be praying towards that end and we'll invite everybody to come that day, make it a priority, plan for it now. And uh, and, and let's we'll have a great time. Yeah, absolutely. And Dave, Tara, and Sarah, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a, really a genuine pleasure getting to meet you guys, and um, I'm even more excited now to to experience, um, yeah, the event here on January 26th. Okay. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all.